0: to another episode of Real Talk with Bella. We are extremely excited. I have to get a new intro to this because I'm always (laughs) excited. I'm always excited, but I'm yes, yes. I am especially excited today because we have the fabulous Dr. Berman with us, joining us. Um, And Jen, you're going to jump in a little bit and introduce
1: her for us. Yes. Welcome, Dr. Berman. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, This is Dr. Jennifer Berman. You are a co-host on CBS's hit show, The Doctors, and you specialize in all things uh, women's reproductive health, sexual health, and most importantly, we're going to talk about all of the craziness surrounding the pandemic and baby booming and divorce rates and everything that's kind of been going on lately (laughs) but most importantly we want to talk about women's sexual health because we have a huge following of women and this is so important to discuss. So one of the things that I find really fascinating
0: um, is that you know we've been very um, fortunate to have guests like yourself and experts to join us especially during this time and I, I personally when you know um we were connected i was like we have to absolutely talk about this um it's it's a topic that even when we were sending you you know topics of discussion i because i've heard on the news how the spread of covid has increased due to sexual activity and there's this sense of um fear surrounding our sexuality that I I really often wonder, you know, why that is, if it's something that is so natural uh, to humanity. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't have to get, like, sleazy and uncomfortable when you're doing it from the perspective of health, which is what, why you're here today. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Berman.
2: Thank you for having me. And you bring up a really good point, is that sexual health is a critical of general health and wellness. So when we're not attending to our sexual health, of which our sexual needs and intimacy, then that affects our entire bodies. And um, intimacy is critical to, um, to wellness and for that matter survival. When we disconnect and when we isolate and when we deprive ourselves of connection and human contact. In particularly intimacy, then that, you know, starts a ripple effect that affects our well-being, that affects our health, that leads to depression, and all sorts of other um, medical issues. So, you know, while we're in this pandemic and we're being told to separate, isolate, you know, distance, it's actually counterintuitive and against our biological, you know, DNA and how we are wired. So that's really challenging for people and that creates stress, which is what we're, we're seeing.
0: A, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And um, can you speak a little bit about, um, you know, the point that I also brought up before, because, and and I mean, if we can, if we could, about the transmission of COVID um, with, uh, you know, sexual activity, is there truth to that? Is there like, because i i found it to be i mean i can understand for someone who may be like in the dating scene that could be a concern but um for i mean and and i guess you know spouses that are spouses or couples also if one contracts like you're still, it, working you're or, still yeah. um but what i found to be interesting was the spike in numbers due to sexual activity as opposed to contact because we're just out and about <laughs> working like
2: okay. you know i think that um, you know it's interesting I was just reading the WHO has like a consensus on this right now where and it's so, and it sounds so like Handmaid's Tale almost puritanical you know back you know that we're you know that we're distancing we're not having contact that we need to masturbate and they talked about fantasizing like alternative ways of intimacy um and i think that you know we need to, to be accountable for ourselves yeah. and while you may have seen a rise in spikes in in sexual contact intimacy remember during um you know the the blackout and right after the depression when there were spikes in the baby boom and everything that was a different time um this is a this is like a crisis and pandemic and people are forced you know in side and if anything the what I've seen in, in amongst my patients and experience and reading is that while in the beginning maybe the first five days you know this is fun and we can reconnect and redefine things but over time animals in captivity which is what we are yeah. that is stressful there's new roles you know both parents are home the the roles in the family have changed I'm there's sorry. Young children I'm sorry uh, to throw it out there like i've been <laughs> stuck
0: at home i don't want i don't want any i'm like like yeah, yeah. Course, right you. We're
2: gonna have more kids we're gonna
0: have yeah. less kids like i'm um, tired i'm tired i i want to <laughs> sleep i want to and i say that jokingly but i know that i'm not in that boat alone um so yeah, it's
2: interesting everybody. <laughs> i have i had a young woman come in to get Votiva um, yesterday, which is a vaginal rejuvenation treatment. We are considered, by the way, an essential service due to hormones because um, hormones affect women in really extreme ways. Mood, sleep, memory, um, well-being, uh, bodily functions, bone. So there's all sorts of things that can go awry when women are not optimized um, hormonally. So she has a 15-month-old baby and has been um you know locked up and as a result the child is complete she cannot like do her nails she can't eat she said that it's created such an issue between you know her and her child the only one that the child will like be with is her mother so she's able to sneak out here and there but if you're not attending to yourself and self-care whether it be doing your hair getting your nails done reading Jogging, whatever it is that your soul craves, it's going to have an impact on your body, and you might not recognize it. Like I feel stress, but over time, things start to break down, and what happens is women will say, "I'm starting to gain weight in the you know central abdomen." As cortisol levels rise, which happens with stress, then that changes the sensitivity of the insulin receptor, and women will start to gain weight around their belly they'll start to um, not be able to sleep either stay asleep or fall asleep they'll notice changes in short term memory that they can't focus or concentrate they'll forget where they parked the car or lose you know lose, lose Some of keys. Keys. I was like, you're talking and i'm like check i'm like this is check check, <laughs> check 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 check, check. I'm young. So you're like so the that, that's I'm glad that you're talking about this for your yes. listeners and viewers because these symptoms can start before menopause. So in the perimenopause, when you're in your mid to late thirties to early forties, this is when they start, and we attribute them to other things. Well, I'm stressed, or you know, I got my kids, or which is true. However, the stress impacts your circadian rhythms, which impacts your hormones balance which can actually put women into premature ovarian failure or menopause so it's really important to pay attention to these symptoms that we're talking about because um you know you may be a candidate for hormone balance i think it's uh, i don't know you were gonna no there? i
1: was just gonna say i was reading um that you said you know these stressors i i would assume especially in a time like this actually can push you into an early menopause which is kind of terrifying yeah. Because what do we need to be doing as women to combat this stress and bring it? Please don't on? tell me it's to,
0: to have more sex because I can't.
1: I do. I don't want
2: any more. No, I'm good for now. I also. just a good palette, except
0: when it's there <laughs> all the time 24 hours
2: a day, seven days a week, and he that's also that's doesn't have I, I want no more. more. <laughs>
0: um, but I think, you know, to bring it back bringing it back to the to something you said which i um it's really something that i always advocate for and i uh look to serve our readers our viewers and our listeners through this platform is to talk about topics that are taboo um why is it that women have such a difficult time just demystifying, you know, sexual health, uh, because I have no problem talking about it, no, but, but it's it so seemed, many women don't. but it seems like when I bring it up in conversation with a friend, and I'm genuinely like, you know, this happened or it's like, oh, they get uncomfortable.. <laughs> Oh, Vanessa. And I'm like, you know, it's not like I'm by I'm I'm not a nymphomaniac. It has nothing to do with it. I'm seriously, you know, has this happened to you? It's a vagina, we you, all have I one. think we all have one. Even <laughs> in our upcoming issue, I told my mind and body editor, I was like, we've never spoken about vaginas. Like what is happening right now? We need to talk hey. more about a vagina. Like we're saying it, like it's not a bad word.
2: <laughs> but it's funny, you know, there still is a, uh, you know an element of nice girls don't you know those are private parts we don't talk about that and I feel like that's changing and I feel like you know the millennials and younger moms are starting to use you know correct word like we say pp you know new funny names for oh our my god text.
0: what no okay. I, I heard We're, someone call, tell their child the other day like oh you know they're things out there and I'm like what their penis their penis right because it's like it's called the penis yeah. Okay, no, I'm just making sure. I was taught that very. Yeah, like. We use the
2: correct the, the, the word. Right we, yeah. The wee wee. Like, what is that? You don't have a wee so wee. The shame and embarrassment and the is learned. That woman and all of us have learned that from our parents, from society, from messages that we were getting in school and from other people. And those stim- I mean, I've made a career out of breaking taboos and stigmas and where no precedent has set. I don't, you know, that's part of my, you know, process, I guess my journey in life, I you know, for whatever reason, I feel it's extremely important to push past those barriers and speak about these things to educate women and for that matter men, men need to be educated too. But knowledge is power. And once we have the knowledge, then we can take care of ourselves, our bodies, we can take care of our communities, we can take care of our children. But until we're taking care of ourselves, which is what you said, what do we do about stress and managing stress? The only stress is just our what's in our head Mm -hmm. about the things going on
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: the way to change the stress is to change the way we're thinking in our head but that's really hard so the way that we can change about all of that is to take care of ourselves so you have to do the things that are important to you you have to make time you know to take care of yourself and then there's still you know, meditation, getting proper sleep, you know, doing things that you enjoy. Some people, you know, want to exercise, some people want to read, some people play, you know, play a musical instrument, some people, you know, enjoy taking photos. I ride horses, I'm super proud. Past- That's the only way that I can like be in the moment and not be thinking about the future or the past at all, is on a horse. Unfortunately, because it's a very expensive hobby, which I haven't been able to do due to COVID and problems, different things, it, I start to come unglued and I'll start to We understand you riding,
0: riding something else and I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but you know, it's a horse and it, the thing, my, 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 my thing, <laughs> I, I'm trying to bring this, you know, I'm trying to make this comical because I think that, you know, humor in a way has a sense of just kind of breaking down you know whatever stigma or uh taboo um there may be around a topic that is so important because as you're saying you know this affects our hormonal health and i've seen you know when we when we tend to like um peg a woman for being hormonal or for being you know acting out or lashing out or being stressed out is because there are imbalances in, you know, there's like chemical imbalances within your biologically that make you act a certain way. I for one have um, always managed depression. Like it's something that I struggle with. It's something that I actively manage on a daily basis. And the past few weeks were like, I I, I was telling a friend of mine today, I was like, I'm good this week, I'm good. Like this week, this is a good week. Um, It started up, but because I'm very good about, you know, keeping others in check and I'm very good about, but when it comes to myself, I'm always the, I'm always the first one to just let that go because it's me. Right. And I think we do that in general, as women, we have a tendency to just let ourselves go and forget about our health. And I'm, I'm so happy that you have, been such an advocate for this and, you know, we're having this conversation because if at the end of the day, we want to be of service to our listeners and, you know, um, to talk about, because this is about health. This is in, it, not just physical health, but it's also mental health.
2: One hundred percent, and then the mental part and the exacerbation—if you already are at risk for depression or anxiety—as you become under stress, hormone changes, or as you age with hormone changes, those symptoms can become more pronounced. Wow. So I really admire you, and, and kudos to you for talking about depression because there's stigmas associated with that too. Mm-hmm. I so have to, to, to talk to yeah. Educate, yeah. because hormones will affect mood, yes. and if you're whether it be due to stress, whether it be due to aging, whether it be due to a medical condition, other medications, birth control pills, whatever it is, hormones can affect mood and worsen symptoms of anxiety or depression. So women really need to be, you know, be aware of that.
0: So what can we do to um, keep our hormones, you know, in check? Aside from having
2: sex. you know what uh, everything that we're saying is being aware of the symptoms and not writing them off to other things well my husband lost has been furloughed oh my daughter i'm worried she's going to get COVID on her th- you know, all these things that we attribute to the way we feel to be in touch with your body do the, what you've talked about the check so you've obviously been through therapy or other things that you yeah. have tools yeah. that you're checking yeah. in with yourself so the same thing applies to all women that we need to check in with myself i'm feeling you know th- that we recognize the feelings and that we uh, attend to them so anxiety irritability mood changes difficulty sleeping all these things you know low libido other people are you know wanting uh, avoiding sex okay? i don't have low <laughs>
0: libido let's make this very clear in case my husband <laughs> watches or listening <laughs> or is listening <laughs> honey i love you you know i do it's the, it's just, I am, I, I think it's because for the past, especially like the last three weeks, I've just been exhausted. It's just been like this exhaust, extended exhaustion that I have felt where I'm capable of doing what I need to do work-wise. Um, but when it comes to like me, myself, like I didn't want to do hair. I didn't want to do my makeup. I didn't want to work out. And when I don't work out, it, it triggers a completely different set of emotions for me because I know how beneficial exercise is to mood. Um, and you can tell, like it's, it is a 360 when the day, the morning that I work out is a morning, it's like a good day. Um, even if I may feel some sort of kind of way during the day, it, it just starts off differently for me. Um, and, you know, to your point of, about talking about this, this is why I think, you know, so many things are so screwed up in our world um and with our health is because we don't take the time to acknowledge that there may be something going on you know you mentioned irritability um i think that's like one of the least of one of the least of the problems that we have right now like we're we're there's so much there's so much happening um in our world in our own you know you mentioned about Women may be having spouses uh, furloughed or let go. Um, what can we do? I know you, you, you talk specifically about handling stress, but also to continue our self-care. You know, what other things, um, resources, um, can you recommend for us?
2: What, what is to identify what your soul needs to, you know, whether it be doing your makeup and your hair, whether it be exercise. Exercise is not only good for the brain and, and your self-esteem, but there's endorphins that are released that help to elevate mood and to, you know, prevent disease. I'm a huge proponent of meditation it's now i believe at some point the surgeon general is going to mandate that every doctor needs to understand it talk about it and teach their patients about it Um, it's so accessible now with apps that you, you know on your phone is that if you can just even for 10 minutes twice a day in the morning or evening reset your brain it just decreases the sympathetic nervous system literally quiets all the fight or flight sort of activation down and allows allows you to sort of heal and breathe so it's really important you can go on youtube and type in guided meditation sleep guided meditation abundance love healing what there's like everything and then all the apps so meditation has been scientifically proven to minimize stress decrease inflammation and help um, to elevate mood the other thing that i'm doing now with my friends is a gratitude list believe it or not so what we're grateful for even the toothbrush like it because it gets to a point where like my family but you when you're grateful for what you have some that also changes the chemistry in your brain that gratitude affects our energy our mood and the hormones in our body It's it's really bizarre but but it works and then connecting with other human beings being of service to other people taking the focus off of you my day, blah, 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 and then reaching out to somebody else that as soon as you take the focus off of yourself and be of service to somebody else all of a sudden you know a that makes you feel better b you're not thinking about yourself suddenly you know the weight is lifted so those are three simple little easy tricks just to try and you know, change the loop that's going on in your head. And then most importantly is recognizing the symptoms and speak to your healthcare provider. If you are in your late thirties, early forties or approaching menopause, and are experiencing these symptoms, you may be a candidate for hormone replacement therapy, which can really help. What I see all too often is that women in the two your age that will start experiencing well, thank you.
0: Because I'm 10 years older than Jennifer. <laughs> <Because
2: Patel. laughs> I'm around the same, definitely not 50, I can tell that, um, that you will start to experience subtle symptoms and then will be put on antidepressants, not necessarily have depre- depression, but will be put on antidepressants, then have low libido, you can't have an orgasm, and you're sort of flat, where bioidentical hormones could have alleviated a lot of those symptoms. Yeah.
1: I'm actually, so, curious if I can ask, because I know we touched on earlier, you know, this taboo around talking about women's sexual health. And I feel like for a lot of, you know, our listeners that are tuning in right now, I feel like they probably have questions in their head, like, oh man, I wish I could ask her this. What is, do you think one of the more popular, I guess, concerns that women come to you with or one of the topics that you see brought up a lot surrounding women's sexual health? If you want to maybe and I, delve I into And that. I have
0: a question too that um, came up while you were talking is if you can also address the importance of having an orgasm. I, I don't think that people realize um, how important that is.
2: And I have- I, you know, I'll start with that because I'll tell you, there are some, and not few, but there are some women who cannot, yeah. who have never achieved an orgasm, and it is, you know, like we say, lifelong or acquired, acquired meaning after some surgery or medication or age or some sort of event, now she can't. That's different than the ones who throughout their entire life have not been able to achieve orgasm, and that has, um, is, a, is a bit still of a medical enigma, but what we have found is that there's commonalities in those women. They're generally raised in an environment where what we were talking about, nice girls don't, where, you know, private parts, where there's shame and guilt, maybe religious overtones and other things about self-stimulation and masturbation, where um, there is, they tend to be um, type A, like us, type A personalities doing, thinking, controlling everything. (laughs) And Ah! uh, a lot of frontal cortex activity. <laughs> and they can't shut down.
1: She's so really the. Back in control uh, over <laughs> here. We're like,
2: gotta do this, gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, An orgasm, so the the frontal cortex activity, the thinker, worrier, you know, controller, taking care of that thinking and doing rather sensing and feeling. An orgasm is a reflex that's learned in puberty if not a little bit before. And if that reflex isn't learned at that age, it's like trying to learn Chinese when you're 50 as opposed to 4. It's Mm -hmm. not impossible, but it's a lot harder. So the um, so it is a reflex that is learned, and some women have not or cannot experience that. And I work with a lot of those women, and I have helped a lot of those women. But a lot of it, sex, its a, the biggest sex organ in our bodies is our brain. And for women in particular, not to say that men don't have feelings and all that stuff, but they can be much more goal-oriented, task-oriented, and block out a lot of the chatter that that that's harder for us to do. So we have to, in order to feel sexual, be sexual, we have to, in our brains, be in that mindset. And if you're thinking, worrying about something else, or not completely intimately and emotionally connected to your partner, it shuts off. And for us to feel emotionally connected with our partner Um, He has to be doing the things that we want him to do. He has to be emotionally available. He has to be, you know, taking out the trash. He has to be attending to our emotional needs. As soon as he doesn't, then, you know, that, that changes everything. And if we withdraw from sex for whatever reason, because we're stressed, because we're tired, because whatever, if we hold back and withdraw and don't give that to them, they become less emotionally available. And then it makes it even worse. Mm. So I am a proponent. In my old age, I used to be not like this. But I tell my patients, you have to do it. Like it's uh, you know, if we don't, then they don't behave how we want them to behave. <laughs> so you know, we have to, but we have to want to do it. And so for that's, that's a huge really, part I know, of my I practice. Helping them want to do it. Yeah. This yeah, is something yeah. that I,
0: I learned, um, you know, just earlier in my relationships, and I, and I, under, and I think it's because I have been um, through therapy for a better part of my life. I've, I've always kind of brought up, like, I love, as you can see, we love talking. I, I like breaking down topics, understanding. I actually studied human behavior uh, in college because it's just fascinating, you know, understanding why we tick, right? What makes us tick the way that we do? Um, but when it comes to your um the this topic in particular, as we've said, you know, it's so difficult uh and, and like people get prudy and they don't want to talk about this stuff. But to the point of um what you were saying with with your spouse, with your couple, you know, these are conversations that need to be had with them as well. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like um I I think I, I find it interesting because what I remember in with my husband, and he's gonna kill me for even talking about this, but It was just, cause I had no problem talking about it. Like, I was like, let's talk about this. Like what makes you, you know, get to that point. I'm I'm gonna use, you know, kinder words to address it. But you know, and, and I will say, you know, I need, XYZ. This is, and I need to be. You know, when you're talking, I'm like, that's exactly how it needs to.
1: Like, I need to be in that headspace. I yeah. need to be in the mood. I need to be. I need it. to have, like have my hair brushed and my hair Like, I can't be a hot mess. Like, I don't want to. Oh, you I deal. can be a hot
0: mess, girl. You, <laughs> have, you don't have kids. You don't have kids, so you. I, I get it. Um, sometimes <laughs> that's all. All you well, have yeah. is, you know, a very small window of time. Um, so those things kind of shift, right? Um, but to, I, I'd like to for you to answer Jennifer's question also with regards to just the most pressing topics that women have um, because I think you addressed you know having an orgasm exceptionally well um, girls we need to have them um, biologically psychologically emotionally they're just necessary and something you said that I didn't know that it was actually a learned I reaction I didn't know that I just thought it was something that just kind of you know <laughs>
2: back in time try and remember when you were between seven and whatever how you first figured it out um i remember i remember mine um and then what happens when you figure it out then um you know you try to reproduce that and you know but if you're older some women in their um you know 17 18 or 20s they might figure it out with with a boy. But another thing that I wanna say is that men that they don't know what to do. and it's certainly not from watching porn. Uh... So the only way they know what to do is if they have been fortunate enough to have been with a girl or a woman like you who has been able to say, I need this, I need that, do this, do that, that's the only way that they learn. Yeah. So the, it's incumbent upon us as women to teach men, to talk to men to what we enjoy, what we yeah, need. Right. And by the way, it's frustrating for them because we're all different. What works for you doesn't work for her, for me, that's so has to I just them.
0: remember having an experience in my younger days where I was literally, like what is happening right now <laughs> like what is what is going on like nothing feels good <laughs> nothing is working for me right now um can we just stop and watch a movie it, right i was like oh my god and he was like now. but to the point is like it, it literally like i had an experience like that and it was like and it was and like are we gonna see each other again and i was like i will call you <laughs> maybe. <That's so> sad. <laughs> now you know you could say you
2: know okay redirect here redirect there Um, but that but that that poor guy who knows whether he ever got the lessons that he needed
0: i i i don't know because clearly (laughs) i did not end up with him
2: um but
0: um it was just you know as you're speaking it's just i think that it's important as you said you know to regress to back to that moment um if we're having you know an issue in that department like that would be the best way to kind of start uh, to get ourselves like on that track I, I assume I don't know I know that um I just know that things of this nature whether it's you know any health issue any topic that we're on like it, it takes introspection it takes self examination you have to as you said you know you brought up a t- the topic of masturbation and it's something that still people you talk about and they're like people like <laughs> They'll leave, they'll leave the area because they don't even want to talk about it. Yet, um, when we've had events where they, people have donated, um, you know, sex toys, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> awesome. I'll, take it. I'll take a good I'll time. take two. I'll take two, you know. Um, But, um, you know, what other issues, like uh, Jen was uh, asking, you know. I think
2: um, the most common complaint that women have, the most common sexual function complaint, is low libido or lack of interest or change in interest and motivation to be sexual. That's probably the most disturbing.
0: what do I need to do then?
2: Tell me. Tell (laughs) me. Well, that, you know, assuming all things considered, you know, that you're happy with your marriage, you're not stressed, you're, and if you're on, in Bali, on a remote private island, would you feel, you know, more inclined? You would probably say yes, but hormone imbalance, especially, you know, the essential hormones for women are estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, too, affects mood, as well as testosterone. So testosterone is thought of as the male hormone, but women also have. Um, testosterone. I think my computer just totally shut out. Guys, can you hear? All right, so So, um, I was talking about testosterone Mm -hmm. and um, that it is an essential hormone for women also, um, especially in terms of libido. So sexual desire, sex energy, not only physical energy, but emotional energy, the joie de vivre kind of energy, lean muscle mass to fat mass and metabolism. So testosterone plays a critical role in women as well as as men, and it declines. As we age, so um, you know, so those are the things. So if you are experiencing low libido, it can be medical. There real, there may be real medical, physical reasons for it um, that you should speak to your healthcare provider about. Low thyroid can also impact um, libido as well, and. Cause libido changes, as well as um, changes in estrogen levels. So, what studies have found is that both estrogen and testosterone need to be replete um, and balanced for women to have, um, you know, sexual desire. So, it's important to attend to and all of the stuff that we just talked about: stress, lack of exercise, loss of sleep, being confined, you know, in one place. Can impact libido, and we need to not beat ourselves up about it. We are not going to be ravenous, swinging from the chandeliers, you know, sexual goddesses, 24 days a week, 24 days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's just not natural, and we have to give cut ourselves some slack. You know that that we ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes, just like everything else in life.
1: Don't they say that if you're, for women who are taking birth control, does that lower your sexual drive? Does it increase it? Because I feel like I always hear different, you know, mixed reviews. Yeah,
2: that's a good question. Um, Hormonal contraceptives. Can, you know, many women tolerate them fabulously and have no, no side effects. but many do have it can impact libido as well as cause vaginal dryness because the hormone levels that are delivered are so low, microscopic well below that of a young reproductive age women. so especially women in their mid to late 30s or 40s will experience vaginal dryness and frequently low libido on hormonal contraceptives and they're all that way all of them. There's not one that's better than the other. I get asked that all the time. There is one coming out, actually, which I'm really excited about. Um, that's a gel, um, that ha- that's inserted on demand. So you don't have to take it every day. You take it as, as per ex per wow. en- engagement, I guess. <laughs> <and> <laughs>
0: has- engagement. That's actually super. Um, I mean, I, I have no, And I mean, I'm happily married. Thank God. I have no intentions of having any more children. Done. Closed, shop is closed. Um, but I think that I would have loved to have, you know, an option in my yeah. younger days because I, um, you know, remember to, I couldn't, I could never tolerate um, contraceptives. I just couldn't. My body would like reject them. I would get very sick. I would get horrible migraines. Um, and I just also feared them to be quite frankly i feared the after effects like i feel the prolonged use of of contraceptives would have a bigger impact on my physical health than um if i got pregnant so yeah. <laughs> you know i just you know took measures as you could but i think that that's a great alternative for um anyone who's sexually active and who's looking to um just know
1: keep I it need more information on that.
2: but it's important to bring up. Because, because um, especially young women um, don't know, don't understand, and don't know that. So um, it can cause those side effects. And over time, there are also studies that show over time, over years, they're so saying five to seven years, if you're constantly taking the birth control pills, so your instincts were not off. Um, it can permanently increase a protein in the blood called steroid hormone binding globulin that binds testosterone, making it less available, which makes libido an issue. So it can have a permanent long term effect on your metabolism
0: testosterone.
2: So it's something to be aware of. It's just, it's
0: just fast. I, you know, my belief is, and I'm not a, a I'm not a, pro, like, I, I'm a proponent of medication. I just, it depends on like what medication, which, you know, even for depression, like I've never been comfortable enough. I'm not to the point where I think God, you know, need something that um, I have to take on a daily basis for it because I, you know, meditation works for me, yoga, exercise. What just happened?
2: I'm here.
1: <laughs> someone signed in from
0: Did you sign in?
2: to?
0: Um, Sorry, Jennifer, you can hear us. Can you hear yeah. us? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Technologies today. Okay. It's happening. <laughs> um, this has been such a educational empowering conversation i would hope um that we can have it again because there's just there's so much more that um there is to talk about you know i was just saying uh in the brief pause before i said i could talk about this for hours because i think this is an important topic um because it has to do with your physical health and i'm all about keeping that mind in check so that you're you know because makes you go kooky and we don't need any more kooks no, in the world no. um how can uh, our listeners and viewers find you how can they contact you to learn more about the services that you offer because my god i would like i said i could talk to you for hours this has been <laughs>
2: the next time we talk i want to talk about vaginal rejuvenation and the whole Race, if you
0: want to add we can if yeah. if you want to talk if you you know we have another 10 minutes if you you're more than welcome to talk about it because I know it's a topic that when we talk about it here in the office we're all like oh my god why let's tell, it let's tell it, you know let's <laughs>
2: Well, I, I hear in Los Angeles, it's, yeah. you know, women are um, obsessed with the appearance of everything, not, including down there. Um, so there's new um, technologies in the aesthetic space that help to improve the appearance um of the labia majora minora that's not really um, you know i i attend to those issues but my focus and what i'm really passionate about is these technologies that are being used to improve vaginal mucosal health vaginal lubrication sensation the um the tightness and i'm saying tightness not like in like a stricture tight but in a puffy pillowy um rejuvenated healthy tightness so after as women age with menopause or after babies then the even though they tell you that it bounces right back when you do it does
0: not bounce right back, back, back that, that is so much back, back. no yeah. that is not what it used to be
2: it doesn't feel the same yeah. it doesn't look the same the angle of it is different So these um, technologies, the Botiva is one um, that I really love, which is radiofrequency heat. helps to restore the vaginal epithelium, so it helps with vaginal dryness. It can also increase nerves, so nerve and vascular tissue. So women, we were talking about with orgasm um, that have diminished or difficulty achieving orgasm. It helps to improve orgasm and intensity of orgasm. Um, and it also helps with, um, to support the bladder and urethra. So for women that are experiencing incontinence after babies and laxity of the pelvic floor. So that is, before these, all the only solutions that women had were physical therapy and keel exercises don't work after you pushed out a nine pound baby. You know, no, to keep- no. Yeah, that, that, I'm sorry, but that situation is <laughs> tired down there. You don't want to do any more
0: pushing or squeezing. Like, you're done. You're done. I get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or um or surgery, the sling. Yeah. And we palms and sling. So this to me is revolutionary. It's it works and it's um you know a really effective option for sexual health as well as but va- um uh, vaginal health and function. So,
0: so and, and, and to the point, you know, um before we go, just because this is so, you know, when you think about cranky uptight people um what it comes down to I'm not saying any I'm not saying that you're either okay I'm not looking at you for any particular reason um but she did Dr. Berman did say control freaks are on that list it's hard to get out um, of your own head sometimes so yeah. I just I wonder you know and, and I know I've heard this quote, when when you have people who are just generally uptight who are just mean angry it has a, it's tied into where Sexual health. So, people, you gotta go and and, and get some healthy Dr. hormones. <laughs> some healthy hormones in your system. Um, how can we find out more about your practice? How can we connect with you? Um, we have a, a great, a big audience in the LA area. So, uh, how can people find you? How can people get to know uh, more about your
2: services? Thank you. So my website is www.bermansexualhealth.com. You can find out about more about these topics and also information for reaching me. My Instagram is at Jen Berman MD. And that has a lot of information about these different procedures as well as my personal life. I just did an M sculpt procedure on my fiance last week. So he's on there. Um, There's fun stuff, medical stuff and everything else on my
0: instagram and website well you have spoken our language uh (laughs) the language of just keeping things real and um being informative education and for our listeners and viewers and readers and we so appreciate having you on dr berman we wish you all the best and hopefully when all of this passes and we get to go back to la at some point we can meet up and um have something live with you because this.
2: Oh, you come in, you get a votiva for your vagina. You get for She's going to over
0: on us. You can redo. Reju- you can redo. Reju- <laughs> well, That's I'm just going to say, I would love that, Dr. Berman. So I may take you up on the offer.
2: <laughs> just say, thank you so much. This yes. was
0: super fun, um, educational, and very necessary. And we so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.